Good morning and welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. I'm Wayne Zell of Zell Law, your host and sponsor of the show. And this is the fastest half hour of information on the radio on the weekend, so we're happy to have you join us. A little bit about Zell Law, your sponsor. We're an estate and business planning law firm located in Reston, Virginia, serving the entire D.C. metro area with clients all across the country. If you'd like to know more about Zell Law, please visit our website at zelllaw.com. Or if you'd like to make an appointment with us, come visit us and Give us a call first at 571-203-9355, extension 100. Well, today, our first topic of the day is going to be talking about closely held business interests and the trustee's duty to diversify assets, which might be in conflict with the idea of having a trust hold closely held business interests. Now, it's very well known under American law that when you administer a trust, the trustee has to hold and manage the trust assets in a way that diversifies the investments of the trust. Did you know that? Well, that's the new rules under modern portfolio theory and under the Uniform Prudent Investor Act, which is adopted in all 50 states, including Virginia, uh, D.C., and Maryland, our local jurisdictions. Did you know that this duty to diversify could be in conflict, in direct conflict, with the goal of family business owners who want to use these trusts to plan their estates and to maintain closely held business interests in perpetuity in the trust. So there are some ideas that we have for solving or at least mitigating the trust law problems created by this uh, Uniform Prudent Investor Act duty to diversify. Now, A variety of solutions exist, or at least risk reduction techniques that can be used so that the people who create these these trusts, the settlers and the trustees, can use them to counter the diversification requirement, particularly when you have a trust owning a concentrated interest in a family business. The solution often turns on whether the trust is being drafted with the diversification issue in play or whether the trustee is looking for a solution maybe months or years after the trust was already formed. With new trusts, I think it's easier to handle. You just be specific and clear in the trust and in the trust purposes and the powers for the trustee that the trust was established to own a family business or a family company. If the trust is new and is still in the process of being drafted, your lawyer can really help you and the trustee minimize the diversification problem by being specific as to your purposes for the trust. You want to say that your desire is to negate the duty to to diversify in the case of ownership of the family business. So as long as the family business can be operated profitably and in perpetuity and operated well, by the uh, successors to you, the people who are going to be operating this business, then you want to make sure that the trustee has that ability to avoid the duty to diversify. So the trust document might specifically refer to the family company, ABC company. And the company, uh, the settler, wants to have 
continue in perpetuity in the trust and the capital ownership and the structure of the uh, company that the settler intends to protect from undue estate taxes or divorce or third-party ownership or creditor issues or the bad spending habits of beneficiaries. All of these things would be set out in the trust. The trust also could outline your desire as the creator of the trust to avoid Securities and Exchange Commission registration problems and promote long-term strategic incentives. Or you may want to articulate a vision for the company. Let's say you want to build a family dynasty company to provide family members with future employment or create a legacy that promotes family identity. If the exact name of the company is not known or a future sale of company stock to the trust is contemplated, the family company stock could be defined as any interests in a closely held business or entity that you own or members of your family own or an entity controlled by or for the benefit of you or your family members, whether it's transferred to the trust by a purchase, by a gift, or some other means. Now, these rationales, these purposes, and these desires can give powerful reasons for you to rationally require that the duty of diversification not apply with respect to a concentrated holding of this ABC company. You should recite the fact that ABC stock is not marketable and it's expected to be subject to perhaps a a buy-sell agreement that is designed to promote family harmony in the future, to avoid pricing disputes over what the company and the shares are worth, to prevent outsiders from owning the stock, and to encourage orderly management succession from one generation to the next. Additionally, you could provide that disposition of the concentrated holdings in ABC company stock to a third party is not required unless all the shareholders decide to sell the company stock under the shareholders' agreement. You might consider providing for limited outs or escape hatches hatches for family members. For example, the trustee's authority to dispose of family company holdings after two or three years of consecutive net operating losses might be a reason to sell the company. Or it may be helpful to specifically state your desire to retain the family business and refer to the Uniform Prudent Investor Act, which has this duty of diversification as a particular uh, goal after the family business is sold. Now, what happens if the family trust already exists and holds the closely held company? If the trust already exists and its terms don't clearly state the trust's purpose or negate the trust's duty to diversify the assets, something needs to be done. Now, in nearly half the states that have adopted the Uniform Trust Code, such as Virginia and now D.C., we can look to the statute for relief. It may be possible to either obtain court remediation of a bad trust or for all of the beneficiaries and the settler, you, the person who created the trust, to modify the trust's terms as long as everybody consents. So if you can't get the court to approve it, or you don't want to go to court to approve it, you could try to adopt this other technique of having all the beneficiaries and the settler consent to a modification of the trust's powers and duty to diversify in particular. This approach could prove difficult 
if the family members who are beneficiaries of the trust don't all see eye to eye or get along about this non-diversification requirement. But the court has the power to modify the trust, notwithstanding the fact that all the beneficiaries don't agree. Another technique to create a potential solution to an existing trust and avoid trustee liability for failing to diversify is to have the trustees, if there's more than one, adopt a resolution or set of resolutions that contain a comprehensive investment plan that applies from the time that the resolution is adopted forward. This desire is that the family business stay closely held and that the business stay intact and owned by family members or trusts for the benefit of the family without regard to diversification of assets. The resolution by the trustees also could articulate certain conditions when a sale of a concentrated holding of a family company is permitted. For example, at a time when all other shareholders agree collectively to sell under the terms of the shareholders buy-sell agreement. Perhaps, perhaps, if a settler is still living, if you're the creator of the trust and you're still living, you could concur in the resolution and affirm that the resolution is consistent with your intent when you created this trust. Although the resolution does not create indisputable evidence of your intent or the settler's intent in the absence of a settler's statement, it could document the trustee's reasons for continuing to hold on to the stock in a closely held corporation in accordance with the settler's purposes and intent for the trust. Now, there are a lot of other issues that come up, including whether or not the trustee can delegate authority, whether or not the trustee can be released from liability or indemnified from liability in the, con- in the context of holding on to a closely held family interest. If you'd like more information about how your trusts should be modified or drafted to make sure that they can properly hold closely held interests, give us a call at Zell Law at 571-203-9355, extension 100, and we'll be happy to help you structure your trust to continue that closely held business that you or your generations ahead of you have spent so much time trying to build. I'm Wayne Zell, and stay tuned. We have an extremely special guest following these messages.